Hi, everybody. This is Xandric Ellison going solo. My big offshoot is sort of like Mike and the Mad Dog breaking up, but not really. Because Tyler Laurie, our friend, our co-host, our real quarterback, is dealing with the storm in Philadelphia. So he is not going to be able to join the podcast today. He's going to be dealing with his family, dealing with trying to get power back. And that lets me sort of take the reins. And what do I do when I'm by myself? I like talking about betting. I like talking about futures. I like going on bovadasportsbook.com to really seeing what is potential value. And Tyler kind of brushes over this sometimes because he has his own opinions and they're well-informed. But I've had a decent string of success. You know, sort of the best bet series is advertised on Reddit has done well. We had a few big hits. They call me Mr. 20 to 1. We had Denver winning the title last year, 20 to 1 in the preseason. Tyler Hero winning sixth man of the year, 25 to 1 two years ago. Mike Brown winning coach of the year last year in the preseason, 20 to 1. So those are huge swings. And you're not going to find value like that in the midseason of the NBA, but there still could be potential value in basketball we might touch on a couple football bets we might touch on a couple entertainment bets because they have that on bovada as well so i want to give you my favorite bets on the board try to win you some money for being a loyal listener and suffering through a one-man podcast like we have today so let's start with what we're known for basketball and the award season is fully underway halfway through the year you're already starting to hear that talk about who's going to win MVP. That's always the big deal. And the, most importantly, Joel Embiid seems like a runaway favorite until you start talking about this new minimum games threshold. 65 games required or else you are automatically ineligible, which is again, like a classic NBA overreaction to, you know, the Twitter sphere, people complaining about resting players. So they come up with this binary 65 or nothing you know, rule about MVP, which is a little silly because if you end up with 64 games, is that really that different from 65? I don't think so. Apparently, they don't trust voters to figure that out for themselves. So they have this new rule. And Bede is in danger of missing that threshold. He's only played 27 games of the Sixers. And if he misses another eight games, I believe, the rest of the way, he is not going to be able to cross 65. And so you have a guy who is probably the MVP favorite, should probably win MVP, Averaging 34 points a game, 12 rebounds, six assists, two blocks a game for a surprisingly good Sixers team. Not winning MVP. That could be a disaster. And I think the NBA would almost prefer that he misses a lot of time. So it's not even a debate. Like, what if he only plays 40 or 50 games and you wouldn't worry about it? If he plays like 62, 63, it's going to get a little dicey. So he is no longer the front runner. Bovada has him. Plus 300, which is three to one. You bet $100 to win 300. And I don't think that's a good bet because I don't trust him staying healthy and the Sixers pushing for him to stay healthy and pushing for him to win MVP in the same way they did last year. So where do you go? Jokic maybe should have won last year, plus 200. And then the guy that's really become not a dark horse anymore a legitimate MVP contender, legit MVP front runner is Shea Gildas Alexander, who is averaging 31 points, six and six for a great OKC team. He's plus 300. So he's third right now out of all these bets. And so where do you go? 
you don't love any of those values because again, you're worried about injuries. You're worried about does Denver really care about their seating? Does Philly really care about their seating if they're two, three, four? Maybe that opens the door for Shea. I don't know. But I'll tell you, the guy that I would probably would bet on if you're betting now is Giannis. Sort of the forgotten man. Because, you know, the Bucks started disappointing. They're coming on. He's coming on. 31 points, shooting 60% from the field. Playing better defense than most of these other guys we're talking about, aside from Embiid. And you like the odds. That's basically what it comes down to. He's 16 to 1. So I think if you're betting MVP... I would still go with Giannis. It's not my favorite bet on the board, but it's something to consider. And then the other, let's take a quick look at the other awards right now. Rookie of the year has gone the way of Chet. Chet was our preseason pick. He was four to one. And now he is minus 250. And if you don't know betting very well, that means you have to bet 250 to win 100. So it's sort of what we call negative odds. So if you're sort of the idea that, you know, buy low on Victor, you know, he started the season as the heavy favorite. He's up to plus 175. There's some value there. He's playing better. Maybe Chet gets hurt. I don't know. Those are the only two guys I could really see winning. Jaime Jaquez, shout out to him, was third, but he's 50 to one. He's not really in this conversation. Probably would stay away from this one, but if you like Victor or you think, you know, he's just going to become better and better over the season and then putting up 30 and 10 at the end of the year and he's the big name, I think he'll win in a tie, but... Our logic from the preseason stands. Chet is a little further along. He's two years older. He's on a much better team. He's going to be in the playoffs. Those are sort of the headlines that probably should propel him to win rookie of the year. Not a great bet. Defensive player of the year. I see a little value here because Rudy Gobert, you know, longtime winner, didn't win last year, has become the favorite. Minnesota's really, you know, one of the storylines of the season, minus 160 for Rudy. What about Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis is playing better. He's getting a lot of headlines now. Lakers are struggling, but it's not because of Anthony Davis. He's been healthy. He's been playing well. He's really been a lot healthier than people give him credit for in the last like five, six years of his career. To win, obviously, you know, he's seven to one right now. To win, the Lakers are going to have to be better than 19 and 19. They're going to have to be better than the 11th best defense, which they are right now. But who knows? If they make some tweaks, it could happen. Obviously, Minnesota and Rudy are the favorites here because Minnesota has the one seed, has number one defense. I think the NBA, the media kind of likes a little bit of a news storyline. So if there's any way Anthony Davis can squeak up there, maybe he could break the tie. And then if you want a real long shot, OG Ananubi, 40-1. to 1. He's really helped the Knicks. The Knicks look like Maybe not a finals contender, maybe maybe a conference finals contender. Maybe they can win a round. But he he's getting some shine, I think, in a big market. I look at him 40 to 1. Look, it's going to be hard for him to pass Rudy again, but you never know. 40 to 1, maybe that's worth a long shot bet. And then the last one in the NBA I'll give you here. Coach of the year. I'm sticking with my guns, sticking with the preseason. Mark Denegolt has become the clear favorite. Minus 100. Chris Finch, plus 250, the coach for the Minnesota Timberwolves, was our preseason favorite. And I kind of like that odds better, and I'll tell you why. I think Minnesota is going to stick around. I think they're going to be the one seed. And if Oklahoma City slides a little bit, 
you know, there's a big difference between being the one seed and being the three or four seed in terms of a coach of the year narrative. And look, like Oklahoma City was pretty good last year. It's not like they they turned around from, you know, 10 wins. They were like a, you know, fringe playoff team last year. So I kind of like Chris Finch, 250. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago. We anticipated Orlando sliding a little bit. Sure enough, Jamal Mosley sliding a little bit down the board, plus 750. And so those are the bets I like. Again, kind of being stubborn with it, but I think you have to be. I think you have to be stubborn and just kind of ride it out because you don't want to overreact. You certainly don't want to buy high on somebody. So if you're going to bet Chet Holmgren at some point, this is not the time to bet him because everyone expects him to win. And that's sort of our idea as we shift over to talk about NBA championships. Let's do it. Boston plus 300, Denver plus 425. Not bad bets, really, because those teams are going to be in the mix. I would bet on them to make the finals. If you like one of the two, it's not terrible. If you bet both, you bet $100 on Boston and Denver, you're going to profit either way. I think that's worth considering, too. I mean, you know, there's obviously a big downside there, but I think... You know, I would be surprised if one of those teams doesn't win. If another team wins, you could talk about Minnesota plus 1,600, 16 to 1. Clippers, 9 to 1, might have been a month late to bet them because they're getting hot. And the thing that I really like about the Clippers is Kawhi Leonard can be a shot maker. And what I mean by that is he could score in the playoffs in a slower game without relying on free throws. And that's not totally true for everyone else in the field. I think Shea gets the line a lot. Joel Embiid gets the line a lot. You know, I don't think Boston or Denver need to get to the line a lot. But if you're talking about, you know, those other mid-range teams, the Clippers can win. They're not relying on James Harden to get to the free throw line as much as Houston did back in the day. So I think this maybe gives Harden his best chance to win a title, which will make Tyler happy as he deals with no power. Um, he can take solace in that. A little burning heat of James Harden optimism there. And since we have time, let's let's talk about the NFL just because it's playoffs are starting and it's sort of on the minds of everybody. It's more fun to bet on the wild card round than probably coach of the year futures in January. I'll give you a couple of bets that I like for this wild card round. And again, I'm on a hot streak. I, we were 10-0 and 0 in the playoffs last year on bets, which is pretty crazy. Don't count on that happening again. Just reminding you of that in case these go 0-5. But I kind of like the Rams plus three at Detroit. I think the interior of the Rams line is sturdy. I'm talking about Kobe Turner, 11 sacks plus Aaron Donald. Can that be sort of a... Can they battle to a draw against Detroit's line? And in that case... I kind of like the coaching edge for Sean McVay. I think there's something to Detroit is well coached, especially on offense, but Ben Johnson has been like the talk of the town. He should get a coaching job. If he, he might've turned one down last year, he should take one this year. If he's really going to get 15 million or 10 million or whatever he thinks he's going to get on the open market, every team's coming after Ben Johnson. Does that distract him a little bit? I don't know. And then other people have mentioned this. Does Sean McVay, can he get inside Jared Goff's head? Does he know Jared Goff? He's coached him for five plus years. What he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do. Can he get an interception? Because Goff has been mostly very good, but he'll have bad games every once in a while. 
you know, where his arm strength, you know, doesn't look elite enough or the decision-making is not elite enough, certainly under pressure. Is that one of those games today? It's only plus three for the Rams. So it's not like, you know, huge upset we're talking here, but I think the Rams can make a little bit of a run. And then talking about zigging to zagging or whatever you want to call it, you know, most people respond to whatever is the, you know, big storyline of the um, week. So you talk about, let's say Pittsburgh, no TJ Watt. They're doomed, right? That's they're whatever they are, one and eight without DJ Watt, whatever it is. Don't quote me on that stat. No one's giving him a shot. That line's gone up from plus eight. I think it's at plus 10 now. Might keep climbing. And if it continues to climb, I would look at it as sort of a contrarian bet, Pittsburgh with the points, based on the fact that they've been running the ball better this year. They've shorn up their offensive line quietly. Najee Harris is quietly playing better. Buffalo defense is not elite this year. Can Pittsburgh run the ball? Can they keep this game close? I don't know. But if it gets up to plus 12, I think it's worth a bet. Scary in the sense that it's one of those bets that you're you're betting on an underdog that you really don't think has a chance to win outright. So like, let's say you're betting Miami plus four and a half at Kansas City or the Rams plus three at Detroit, you think those teams have a legitimate chance to win the game. Pittsburgh probably doesn't. And so that scares you. You're really hoping for the cover. And then that gets kind of dicey at the end of the games. If there's a field goal here, field goal there, they end up winning by 11 or 14. Can Pittsburgh get a last minute, you know, garbage time touchdown? You're rooting for Mason Rudolph getting a garbage time touchdown. It's not a real fun place to be. But I would say my recommendations are the Rams. I think Miami plus four and a half. Maybe you bet that money line to win just on the concept that maybe they could just turn it on. And Mike McDaniel's been saving his Felix bag of tricks. He's got one or two things in there. And maybe Pittsburgh points if it keeps climbing. And then bet it if it gets to plus 12. I just, you know, playoff game. Buffalo can make mistakes. TJ Watt is out, but the Steelers still have some decent pieces on defense. I'd look at that. And then in terms of futures past this first round, that whoever wins that Miami-Kansas City game, I think is a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl. Not just make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Kansas City is known this year. Everyone would say Patrick Mahomes has not played up to snuff this year. He's been pretty good. If you didn't know who he was before the season, you'd give him a 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 you know, based on the stats. The defense is better than you expect. They're getting healthier. They're playing better. They're sort of that bend, don't break style. So they're not splashy, but they're sturdy enough to keep games close. And then you're hoping that Mahomes can find something. You know, maybe they need to run the ball a little more than they did last year. Maybe they need, you know, Rasheed Rice to to step up in the place of Kelsey, who who hasn't looked explosive. But could defense carry them? It's possible. You see that. I hate to do this comparison because it's so extreme, but Peyton Manning's last touchdown title, you know, he was like a corpse by the end and the defense carried them. He just didn't make mistakes, hand the ball off. I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes has to do that. I'm just saying that the defense is better. You do not need the 450 yard passing game to win the title this year. But again, you're looking at Miami team. That's a lot more explosive 
And I would lean to Miami in this game, but whoever wins that game, I think is going to be a real threat to win it all. And the last thing I want to talk about is entertainment odds. I'm in LA and that's one of the great things about Bovada is they have entertainment props. They have props on basically everything. You can bet on the next Pope and it's not even a joke. They literally, you literally can bet on the next Pope. I don't know much about the papacy. So I'm looking at Academy Awards picks and it's kind of fun living in LA. You kind of hear the buzz. I've seen some of these movies, not everything yet, but I've seen the big ones. No value in best picture anymore. Oppenheimer was close with Killers of the Flower Moon. I think people are starting to realize that Killers of the Flower Moon maybe ain't it. You know, if you remember last year, if you follow this kind of thing, the Fablemans was sort of the big favorite early on with Spielberg. And then people saw it and they were like, you know, it's pretty good. It's not maybe Oscar winning material. And I think Killers of the Flower Moon might be in that boat where it's just a little, a little underwhelming. So Oppenheimer, I think, has an open lane. It's up to minus 375. So not a ton of value there. You don't want to bet it. Killian Murphy, minus 300. Christopher Nolan, minus 1,000. You bet 1,000 to win 100. So safe bet, I think, if you want to, if you if you have that kind of coin. Hmm. The ones where you start to find value, I think, are in the smaller categories where, you know, Bovada and most sports books don't really pay attention. And so I would look at adapted screenplay, for example. There was a controversy in Hollywood because Barbie was moved from original to adapted. That was controversial for some people. I think it's the right decision. Barbie is going to get nominated and Barbie's going to have a chance to win Best Adapted Screenplay as sort of like a throw it a bone, you know, because they want to reward it in some way. It's not even on the board right now on Bovada. They have 15 picks for Best Adapted Screenplay. Barbie's not on it. When Barbie gets on there, if it's as low as some of these other ones, bet it. Because if it's 10,000 to one, 500 to one, you know, whatever, I think it's going to be a contender. Oppenheimer's the favorite. But I think Barbie has a real shot of winning that one for something that's not even on the board, not even in the top 10 right now. Best original screenplay. And if you don't know, it's the, the difference is wholly new idea, not based on a book, not based on a toy. And that's why I think, but it could be based on a historical figure. So in this category, it's listed at least on Bovada, Napoleon, Rustin. These are maestro. These are all sort of like true life stories. These are based on history, but they're considered original screenplays because they're not borrowing a story point. I don't know. Take that up with the Academy. The favorite on Bovada, foreign film, Anatomy of a Fall, plus 120. It's possible. I think it won the Golden Globe for best screenplay. But again, this is a category where the Oscars can kind of throw a bone to some of the sort of near miss winners, you know, some big names. And in that vein, Alexander Payne, his movie, The Holdovers, he didn't write the script with Paul Giamatti is plus 175 past lives, which is an indie darling plus 225. I think I would look at those two. Watch them both. Holdovers is available on Peacock, I think. Plus 175 past lives plus 225. I think those have a good shot of winning. As sort of like, hey, let's reward this movie, small movie that's not going to win Best Picture, but 
you know, highlight character work, the writing. I think those are potential winners. Best supporting actress, the holdovers lady, Divine Joy Randolph is minus six hundred. So that's the negative. If you're if you're betting holdovers, they're saying, hey, that's where you'll you'll find your winner. But by the same token, if they're throwing a bone to Barbie, is America Ferrera? She gives this big monologue that people like. Plus twenty five hundred to win Best Supporting Actress. I think she has a shot. Because I don't think Margot Robbie's going to win. I don't think Ryan Gosling's going to win. If you don't give it screenplay, you got to get Barbie something, right? You got to get people to watch. And can they give it to America Ferreira? I don't know. But 25 to 1, I think that's a really good bet. I would recommend betting that one. I think she'll get nominated at least, and that gets you in the ballpark. And Barbie needs something. It's going to win Best Song. Could win Best Screenplay. You know, but the Oscars care about ratings. They want some sort of, you know, reason for people to tune in. And, and it, Oppenheimer was popular. Barbie was extremely popular. And I think that's if you had to say like the story of the year in cinema, you do this with the NBA sometimes. Can you tell the story of this year without Barbie? I don't think so. I think he's going to win something. And in fact, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it wins like best director or something. Like I think they like Greta Gerwig. They're gonna they nominated her in the past for work that I didn't quite think was worthy. And some that was. I mean, she's done some great stuff. Like Little Women, I didn't think was, you know, worthy of an Oscar, but it got nominated. And so I think it's in the ballpark. So that's sort of our picks. We talked about everything under the sun. You could bet again on Bovada. This is not like Anything you you could really fall down a rabbit hole here. You could bet the Razzies, the Razzies, the Golden Raspberries, like the worst movie of the year, the favorite Winnie the Pooh, that like you know public domain remake. They made it a horror movie, minus one seventy five. That's possible. Um, there's Barbies on there too, five hundred to one. I'm not sure why. You could bet on the next James Bond. Aaron Taylor Johnson, if you remember him from Kick-Ass, he was a teenager in Kick-Ass, plus 350. I've heard he's going to be the pick. I don't know if you want to wait around for two years to get that, but if you want to bet that, I think that's fair in value. Nicholas Holt, 250 to 1. If they wait a while, could be Nicholas Holt. If you remember Nicholas Holt, he was the kid in About a Boy. And he might be busy because... He is going to be Lex Luthor in the new Superman movie. But if they wait around, and I think they want to wait around for, for the next James Bond to kind of let it give it some life after last year. Should we do Grammys? Do you want to talk about Grammys? Tyler's sitting at home cringing because he's editing this after his storm. <laughs> what do you know about the Grammys? I don't know. Record of the year. Flowers. Miley Cyrus. I think it's a good song. I think it's a good pop song. Record of the year means sort of the production and everything else versus the song lyrics. Taylor Swift's hard to beat. She's such a star, but 325 for Miley in that one category. Can they throw her a bone? I don't know that world as well, but that's sort of our, was our argument for, you know, betting on some of the Oscar picks that we picked. And I don't know if we can go much longer. I don't think we can really, you know, 
drag this out with Tyler. It's sort of like it's sort of like the Steph Curry year. Remember when Steph Curry got hurt and Golden State won like six games? Sort of this podcast. So I appreciate it. I'm you know plugging away. I'm sort of like the uh, Eric Pascal. Remember him? He was like on that team that year and putting up like 15 points per game for the Warriors. And he, I think he's out of the league right now. This is the Aaron, pa- Aaron Pascal podcast. Name it that. But you know what? You're going to look back at this. And you're going to say, hey, you know, maybe there are some good picks in here. And I'm throwing out enough that I'm going to win one and brag about it. For example, Emmy Awards, Kieran Culkin just won for Golden Globes. But I, Jeremy Strong, plus 350 in that lead category. Pedro Pascal, plus 700 in that lead category. I don't know. Kieran Culkin, is he playing himself? I, I, I think he might have been exposed a little bit at the Golden Globes. Um. In that way, you know, if, you, if you're trying to show your range as a great actor, you don't go up and be your character in the acceptance speech. So look at that. Uh, look at Jeremy Strong. Brian Cox, he wasn't in a lot of the season. He's nominated, though. Uh, no spoilers. If you want, a, you know, Sarah Snook in the same movie, same show, I mean, Secession, it's pretty much a lock. She did a great job. That was a good show, I think. So should we recap? Looking at NBA, looking at Giannis, maybe 16 to 1. Looking at Coach of the Year, I still like Chris Finch, plus 250. NBA title, I think the best value, maybe the Clippers. I don't know if you want to go that far. NFL playoffs, we mentioned some teams. Again, eyeing whoever comes out of that Miami-Kansas City game. Entertainment, I like some of those bets I mentioned talking about the holdovers, talking about Barbie, getting some minor award, not to denigrate screenwriting or supporting categories, but I think they want to spread it around. I think Oppenheimer is going to win big, and then that's kind of an award ceremony that gets stale. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. Where can they find spots to give it to somebody else? And Grammys we talked about, Razzies we talked about. I think we cleared pretty much everything. Um. So if you have anything questions or concerns or you have ideas for how to improve this podcast when Tyler's not around. If you want to addition to replace Tyler because he's dealing with storm, we need somebody in better weather. Just let us know. You can always write to me, Zandrick Ellison at Gmail. I'll answer. If I'm looking up Razzie odds, I got nothing better to do than answer you. So let us know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with us in this storm episode, the Pascal pod. I appreciate it. We'll be back next week at full strength.